0: We thank you that your hand is upon us, and we pray that you would give us a spirit of truth and not of fear. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. So last week, Jack talked about the end of the world a little bit. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can think of one time where I was absolutely certain the world was going to end, at least for me. And if you will show our first, first slide. How many of you remember this? So this was on January 13th at 8 o'clock in the morning. I had just woke up, I was eating breakfast, and I saw this. And I was absolutely positive the world was going to end. I don't know if you remember the climate of fear that was going on at that time. North Korea had been conducting missile drills. There was a lot of talk about them having created a missile that could possibly hit Hawaii. And they had been making a lot of noises about launching that missile. So when this message came out, it seemed to be rather credible. The world was ending. Now, when you get something like that, there's two responses that can come out of you. You can respond out of fear, or you can respond out of the Spirit of God. For myself, there was fear at that time. Confronting your own mortality... And looking death in the face is scary. So I sat down, I prayed, I called my parents, and I said goodbye. And then I finished my breakfast. (laughs) Because if I was going to die, I wasn't going to die on an empty stomach. But I was able to rest in God at that point and to trust in him knowing that he was with me. Now, we're going to rewind just a little bit if you'll go on to the next slide. Jack talked in Matthew 24 about Jesus' addressed the end of the world. So Jesus said to his disciple, Do you not see these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down, referring to the stones of the temple. And he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciple came to him saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So to them, this is the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of war and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and various earthquakes and places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. And then you will, I can't quite see that. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for name, my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So Jack went over what Jesus was specifically talking about then. Uh, Many of the things that he was talking about came to pass pretty immediately with the destruction of the kingdom of Israel. But a lot of this is prophetic, and a lot of it is talking about our day and age. And people look around at them, and we see all of this. We see war. I've seen a lot of people extremely concerned that World War Three, if it hasn't already begun, is on the horizon. I've seen people talk about COVID as the pestilence that will bring about the end of the human race. I've seen people talk about insurrection and political meltdown in the United States. And all of this is people thinking both about the end, but also, and more importantly, they're living in fear. We know that the end will come. We know that there will be plagues and famines and volcanic eruptions and all that. We do seem to be living in the end times, but even if that is the case, we shouldn't be living in fear, and we shouldn't be feeding off of that spirit of fear. When you turn on the television... When you open up the app on your phone of your choice, you'll see all of those things. But it won't just be those rumors. It'll be people trying to instill a spirit of fear. We have to ask ourselves, where is that spirit of fear coming? Is that spirit of fear coming from God? Or is that spirit of fear sent by the enemy to destroy us? And are we living in fear? Or are we living in the spirit of God? Because those two things aren't compatible. If you are living in fear, you're not walking in faith. You're not living in the spirit of God. In Second Timothy, um, I think that's one of the slides, it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So the spirit that God would have us walk in isn't one where we're giving into that fear. We should have self-control. We should be able to resist that fear and temptation. Part of that is not going places where you know that that fear is going to be encouraged. I know for myself, if I open up the news and I just let that soak into me, that's when that spirit of fear creeps into my very soul and I start dreading all those things. To give another example, two years ago, I think we were all struggling with fear. I was by myself in my apartment in March of 2020. Um, My parents had just visited Hawaii, and they got out right before everything shut down. You could barely even go to the store and buy bread. Things were so locked down. And that was a point where we were living in fear. Was this the super bug that was going to wipe out all of humanity and bring about the collapse of civilization? Now, that idea didn't pop into my head on its own. It was put there, and it was fed on. The things that I chose to put into my mind, whether I was looking on Facebook or on the news or on that lovely world infometer that showed the number of COVID cases and deaths and updated in real time, I know that many of us were addicted to that. It was an actual addiction to look if not daily, then hourly at what was developing. But I wasn't doing that out of some desire to know the truth and to walk in faith. I was doing that to feed my own flesh, to feed that fear, because there's something in us that enjoys that fear. I've never been one who likes scary movies, whether it's, you know, the, the horror movies Or just those really tense thrillers where, uh, you know, they're about to defuse the bomb. They've only got 10 seconds left. And if it goes off, you know, everything's miserable. But those do appeal to us. To be in those movies is to experience a constant state of fear. To feed on that spirit of fear. And to a degree, that's okay. You know, telling ghost stories around the campfire or watching a movie... As long as we can separate reality from fantasy, that's okay. But when you experience the news and Twitter and Facebook and whatever else there is out there, I can't keep track of it anymore, honestly. It seems it changes all the time. Those people make their money on fear. They make their money on feeding into that spirit. And they are not serving the spirit of Christ at all. The spirit they are feeding on is that spirit of fear. So in these last few weeks, when you've looked at what's going on in Ukraine, are you doing it out of a sense of compassion? Are you praying for the people in Ukraine? Are you praying for those suffering from COVID? Are you walking in faith and asking God to intervene? Because only through God will we have peace? Will we have health? Or are you feeding the fear that's inside of you? Now, God did give us a solution to this, which I didn't get into the slide in time. But if you want to turn with me to Philippians 4, uh, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Now it's really easy to just say, Don't be afraid. I've said that to people and I've had that said to myself and it's kind of like, don't be upset. There is no sure way to make someone mad or make someone afraid than by telling them, don't be afraid. If you just say that, the first thing my mind is gonna go to, oh, well, there is something to be afraid of. There is something that I need to worry about. But God gave us a replacement for that. He told us exactly what to do when that spirit comes to us. In this verse, he says right here, prayer and supplication. Replace those things which are building that spirit of fear. Instead of spending endless hours watching the talking heads on the news that stir up fear, replace that activity with something godly. Be with your family. Talk to them and support them. Pray about it. Read the Bible or engage in some sort of uplifting activity because it goes on to say in verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned, what you have received and heard in me, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. So what God is saying is, go outside and take a walk. Don't stay in the place where the fear is dwelling in you. Distance yourself from it, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Don't surround yourself with that fear. Because right now, they want you to stay hooked into that fear all the time. That's how they make their money the news has gone from being a source of information that you could turn to and get facts and then you could do things with it to entertainment. And just like those horror movies that entertain you by making you afraid, a lot of this news, the entertainment factor is that fear. It is that spirit of fear. Because I don't know if you've heard this before, but sin feels good at least for a little while. At least for a little while while you're giving in to that sin, that spirit of fear, it feels satisfying. It feels titillating. Titillation is a great word for many reasons, one of which it sounds hilarious. (laughs) But another of which, if you've ever felt that kind of fluttering in your chest when you're doing something that you, you kind of know you shouldn't be doing this, but it's just so... Fascinating. You can't look away, whether it's looking away from that car crash or it's looking away from your Facebook feed where someone just posted about how they're going to do something in the government that's just going to absolutely destroy everything. You need to act now. None of that is operating off of a spirit of God. It's all operating out of a spirit of fear. So replace it. Don't listen to the news radio if that's what's bothering you. Turn on Love, even if they do play the same song every hour. Yeah. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> but it does get repetitive. Invest in those old, ancient technology, which is known as a CD. Unless you have a car like mine and it doesn't have a CD player anymore because apparently that's too, too low-tech. But also surround yourself with people who won't feed into that fear. It's easy to be around the person who likes to gossip. Oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Have you heard? What are you going to do about X? Don't spend your time around people like that. And if you are around people like that, encourage them to focus on something else. It's also important not to surround yourself with the media that will continue to foster that fear it's not just the news whether you're looking at comedians or tv shows or books all of them have that agenda to push all of them are trying to lure you into that endless loop where you're continually in that spirit of fear and oh yes we can reassure you but the reassurance that they offer you is false Oh, yeah, if you watch Fox News or CNN 24 hours a day, you'll have the information you need to be safe. No, what you'll have is a lot of fear-mongering that will give you acid reflux and not let you sleep at night. But they don't care about that, partly because they're running the advertisements for the medicine they'll sell you to cure that acid reflux. But it's that endless loop that they want you to be drawn into. I remember years back on the internet, if you wanted to go to the next page, you had to click a button, right? It wouldn't just keep going. Have you noticed that it just keeps going now? You can never get to the bottom of Twitter. You can never get to the bottom of Facebook. You can never get to the end. There's always more. And they'll keep giving you what you're seeking. And what you're seeking will be more fear. So my advice there, as much as possible, cut that stuff out, cut back on it. Find things that are commendable, things that are excellent to focus on. Find something that will give you a spirit of truth and something that will give you the spirit of God. In John 8, 31 through 36, it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly to my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The antidote to fear is truth, because fear is based on lies. What they're feeding you is ultimately a lie, and we know who the father of lies is. It is the devil. The devil is the one whispering those lies, feeding your soul full of lies so that you will live in fear because he knows if you are living in fear, you are not abiding in the truth. You are not abiding in the word of God. And that's what his goal is. His goal is to keep you wrapped up in fear. His goal is to keep you on that endless scroll so that you never look away from it and to the truth and to Jesus. As long as we are allowing the devil that victory, that fear will continue to eat at us. Whenever I give in to that spirit of fear, I'm just miserable. It's not just my mind that becomes troubled. My health becomes troubled. I don't feel good. I don't feel like doing anything. I want to stay in that fear because that's what's comfortable now. It's kind of like you've all heard if you take a frog and put it in cool water, and you slowly turn the heat up, the frog will let itself be boiled to death. If they put in just a little bit of fear and then slowly turn that up, before you know it, that fear will have replaced the truth in your life because you'll be surrounded by it and be living at it all the time, and it will now seem normal. It's hard to remember a time when we weren't constantly in fear of something, It's hard to remember a time when the news wasn't constantly pitching some sort of horror story. A lot of it has turned out to be absolute, total, and complete nonsense. The missile threat that was probably the single scariest 37 minutes of my life turned out to be caused because somebody forgot their password. It was a total lie. There was no North Korean missile threat. The end of the world wasn't coming. But it was real for those 37 minutes. It was very real. Because my perception was based on a lie and not on the truth. Jesus is the truth. As it goes on and says, the truth will set you free, they answered him, we are the offspring of the Abraham and never have been enslaved by anyone how is it you say you should become free? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If we're living in the house of sin, we can't claim to be sons of God. We can't claim to be free. We have to break free of our fear. And that requires abiding in the truth. The, my favorite Bible verse is the same as many. It's Psalm 23, where God says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, David, excuse me, is saying to God, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil and you prepare a table for me in front of my enemies. When David wrote that, he was not in a good place. David had every reason to fear at that time. The king was out to kill him. He was in a cave hiding because his enemies were literally searching for his life. But he chose not to live in fear because he knew as long as God was with him, there was no reason to fear. There was no reason to live that way. Now, that doesn't mean that we should go and do dumb things. We shouldn't expose ourselves to danger for the thrill of it. As Paul said, if grace abounds, does that mean we should sin more? No, it does not. It doesn't mean we should titillate ourselves with fear so that we can then be rescued by God then. Turn your back on that and rest in God Instead, even when things are at their absolute worst, we can still trust in God. Now, the fear doesn't have to come from Facebook or some existential threat. Fear can be something very personal and limited in scope. There are many times where I've had a fear for things like, oh, man, I'm going to lose my job because I screwed up something. Now, I'm a teacher, and I'm specifically a special education teacher. And usually, what I screw up is the paperwork. There's a lot of it. Sometimes I forget to cross the dot, the I's, and cross the T's, because I crossed the I's and dotted the T's. That's bad. And when I do that, if I let myself, I'll dwell on that fear. Oh man, somebody's gonna notice, and I'm gonna get fired. I'm going to lose my apartment. I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to be stuck a million miles from my parents and everything's going to be awful. And when that happens, I need to recognize that's not coming from God. That is a lie from the enemy that I'm letting myself believe. If I reject it and instead embrace the truth, that fear goes away. I don't have to worry about that. No one in their right mind is going to read through 100 pages of IEP documentation. It is is the antidote to insomnia. So even if I did mess it up, they're going to be so tired, they're not even going to notice. And a lot of the times when we're giving into fear, it is just those phantasms. Now, some of the things we should be afraid about, you should be afraid about what's going on in Ukraine to a degree but what should you be afraid about? You should be afraid for all those people who don't know Jesus and are in this situation where they could die. So you should pray for them. You should pray for the Russians and the Ukrainians. You should pray that the truth will prevail there and that this would be an opportunity for revival. That's living in the truth and knowing that what they're going through is temporary, just like COVID is temporary. Two years ago, it seemed like it would go on forever. But in two weeks, it's going to be over. Yeah. Kind of. They meant two years, but they said two weeks. I don't know who was saying two weeks, but they didn't know anything if they said that. Is, it, is COVID still going to be around? Absolutely. It will be around forever, just like all kinds of diseases have been around forever. Back in Jesus' day, What was the disease they feared? Leprosy. Raise your hands if you have ever been even remotely concerned about leprosy. I was seven, and I was given a very graphic demonstration of what leprosy did. It made your nose fall off, made your hands fall off, and I was deathly afraid. I went to my parents, I'm going to get leprosy and die. My dad was like, no, you're not. Have you ever heard of antibiotics? It's not something that I needed to fear. This disease too shall pass. As they say, this too shall pass. And it is passing. Still be smart. You know, wash your hands. Don't sneeze on people. But don't live in fear. Instead, when that fear comes, turn to God and pray. If someone you know is living in fear, pray for them and encourage them. Don't just say, don't be afraid. Because even when Jesus said, do not be anxious about every, anything. He didn't just say, don't be afraid. He said, do this instead. That's what's called a replacement behavior. <laughs> if you've ever tried to teach special needs children, they tell you about a replacement behavior. An example would that be if you have a nail biter. You can't just tell them, stop biting your nails. That does not work. You just tell them to stop biting the nails, they're going to keep doing it. Give them something else to do with their hands. Give them one of those fidget spinners, as annoying as they are. Give them gum, because it's hard to bite your fingernails if they're chewing gum. If when you turn on the TV, you get afraid, stop watching the TV. Read a book. Listen to an audiobook. Listen to Caleb for about an hour until they start repeating the songs. I could only listen to it so many times. (laughs) Give yourself a replacement behavior. Train yourself. Instead of going back to that well of fear, train yourself to go to the well of Christ. Read the Bible. Read a book that you find uplifting. Do something that will contribute to excellence. The replacement behavior that I learned during the pandemic, I started painting models gave me something to do with my hands, something to do with my mind, and I wasn't dwelling in the fear. And it also taught me a useful skill that I could have something at the end of it that I could look at that and say, hey, I accomplished that. But it can be anything. Take up gardening. Be careful about taking up cooking. (laughs) Or, Or you'll learn how to cook bread and donuts. And while that's great then you have to live in fear of what that will do to your waistline. (laughs) But don't worry about that too much. God made us the way we are. (laughs) Give yourself that replacement behavior. Think of things that are commendable. Think of things that are excellent. And with that, receive the peace of God. Say that to yourself. I receive the peace of God. I don't have to live in fear. Say that you belong to Jesus because that will drive the devil out because ultimately it is spiritual warfare. So we can't just use the tools of this world. We have to act with spiritual tools. The Bible is a spiritual tool. Prayer is a spiritual tool. And calling on the name of Jesus is a spiritual tool. Now, to get back onto what Jesus was talking about in Matthew a little bit, he was specifically talking about the end of the world. When he's coming back. That's another thing I've seen people live in fear of. Jack talked about post-trib, mid-trib, and pre-trib. When will Jesus come back? What will we have to live through? I belong to a fourth group. This is called pan-trib. I believe that it will all pan out. (laughs) Because no matter what happens, God is still in control. I don't have to fear what will happen. I don't have to worry that all the volcanoes on Hawaii are going to erupt at the same time and we're going to slide into the sea because God is still in control. I know where I will go when I die. Death is not the worst possible outcome. The worst possible outcome is allowing that fear to rule your life and drive you away from God. The worst possible outcome is what you do to yourself, not... What could be done to you on this world? Jesus said, blessed are those who suffer all kinds of torments in my name. Because he knows if your faith is strong enough to endure that, you'll be with him on that day. So don't be afraid if the world comes to an end. It might not be the literal end of the world. It could just be a personal tragic loss that causes part of your world to end. It could be that you lost someone dear to you. Pray with for them that they're with Christ and you'll be reunited, reunited with them. If I did lose my job, God is still in control. When I was growing up, my dad lost his job and he was out of work for years because of that. And then the recession hit and it was awful. God provided for us in those times in miraculous ways. We had someone come to us and offer us a place to live when we were on the brink of homelessness. God will find a way to lead you through and to provide for you in ways that you can't imagine. Whether it's getting through COVID, whether it's worrying about war, whether it's worrying about, again, those personal tragedies like losing your jobs. Don't be afraid because I don't know if you know this, But God gave us a cheat. He told us how the story is going to end. I think this is the last one. There we go. The revelation. This is the end. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches, who keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And later on, at the very end of the book, he says, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. God wins in the end. It's not the fear that wins. So whatever happens in the wars, whatever happens with the pandemic and with diseases ravaging the world, we don't have to be afraid because we know the truth and the truth will set us free. And that truth is Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, it is so easy to live in a spirit of fear, to live in a place where we are not walking by faith. So we pray, God, that you would be with us, that we would keep our minds on you and on the truth and not on a spirit of fear. In your name we pray, amen.